You're on EducateForLife.com radio with Kevin Conover. And if you listen long enough, your faith will become... I'm tired of being conned. Don't worry, the con is over, see? We're now at DEFCON 1. Did you say carnivore or carnivore? have a conversation with Kevin? Then call 800-243-9719. And now, here's your host, Kevin Conover. Bring your time and bring your shame. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website is educateforlife.org. And I have an amazing guest on the show today. His name is Dr. James Tor. Let me tell you a little bit about him before I, I have him on and we start talking and chatting. We're going to be talking a lot about evolution. Uh, he's, a, he's a very famous scientist. He's a sy- synthetic organic chemist. He received his Bachelor of Science degree in chemistry from Syracuse University. He has a PhD in synthetic organic and organometallic chemistry. I don't even know what that is, but we're going to find out from Purdue University and postdoctoral training in synthetic organic chemistry at the University of Wisconsin and Stanford University. After spending 11 years on the faculty of the Department of Chemistry and Biochemistry at the University of South Carolina, he joined the Center for Nanoscale Science and Technology at Rice University in 1999, and he's presently Professor of Chemistry, Professor of Computer Science, Professor of Materials Science, and Nanoengineering. Okay, and I'm not done yet. He has over 600 research publications, over 120 patents, with total citations over 69,000. That's on Google Scholar. He was inducted into the National Academy of Inventors in 2015. He was named among the 50 most influential scientists in the world today by thebestschools.org. In 2014, he's listed in the world's most influential scientific minds by Thomas Reuters, sciencewatch.com in 2014. And he was named Scientist of the Year by R&D Magazine in 2013. That is a whole lot of credentials. Dr. Tor, thank you so much for being on the air today. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, There's something else that... If you're listening and you're a science-oriented person, you might be surprised to know um, he's skeptical and critical of Darwinian evolution, and he's also uh, very much a Bible-believing Christian. He reads the Bible every day and consults God on a regular basis for God's will in his life, and he also teaches a weekly Bible study. So, uh, Dr. Tor, can you start us from the beginning? Um, You weren't always a Christian. Can you take us back to the beginning when you were a kid? And, and were you thinking at a, a young age, I, I want to get into uh, nanoscience and these sorts of things? Well, no, no, not when I was young, nanoscience. That was, uh, the term wasn't even used. Hmm. Um, no, I, I grew up in a, in a Jewish home. Uh, I was born in New York City, grew up in a Jewish home just outside the city. And uh, um, it wasn't until I was... was uh, 18, and I was at college that I first heard the gospel. Uh, I'm sure that, that I must have heard it at other times, mm-hmm. but it never really connected. And so, so what, what had happened is, is I, I, I'd uh, uh, wanted to always actually be a, a policeman, and I couldn't get into the academy. I was going to try to become a New York State trooper. And I couldn't get into the academy because I was colorblind, so I decided to get my degree in forensic science. And my father, uh, when I was 17, had told me, why don't you just major in chemistry 
and then you can uh, you can specialize in forensics after you get your degree. And I followed his advice, and so I was 18. I went off to college as a chemistry major, and that's when I first heard the gospel. Um, now you, uh, you you heard the gospel at a, at a university. Correct. Now what yeah. what how did that happen? Did some a friend share the gospel with you, or what happened? Yeah, it was it was a, a young man who lived there on on the dormitory floor with me, and and uh, he was with the Navigators Campus Ministry, and he he and I were in in the in the laundry room doing laundry in in August of my freshman year, and uh, he said I'd like to give you an illustration of the gospel because we had gotten to speaking, and I asked him what he wanted to do when he graduated. He had played some football at Syracuse, and I asked him if he wanted to play pro ball when he graduated. And he told me, oh, no, I'm not good enough for that. I said, what do you want to do? He said, lay ministry. And I didn't know what lay ministry meant. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, you know, what, what is that? He said, oh, sort of like a missionary. And I thought, you don't need missionaries today. You got TV. Um, uh, why would you need a missionary? And so he, he, he asked if he could give me an illustration of the gospel. And then a day or two later, he came up to my room and, and uh, uh, he drew out the, the bridge illustration of man on one side and God on the other side and sin separating us man from God. And I, I had asked him, um, I mean, and then he had me read verse out of Romans where it says for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And I said to him, I'm not a sinner. And he looked at me a bit strange and, (laughs) and, and, you know, we don't dwell on sin in modern secular Judaism. Um, you go to the synagogue once a year and, and you're good to go. And, you just don't think about it a whole lot. And, and he looked at me a bit strangely, but then he had me read a verse out of, out of uh, Matthew's gospel where, where Jesus said, if you look upon a woman to lust after her, you've committed adultery with her already in your heart. Yeah. And I, that really hit me. And the reason it hit me so hard is I was addicted to pornography. Wow. I had worked in a gas station since the age of 14 along the, the Hutchison river parkway. Uh-huh. And, uh, uh, just outside of New York City, and I, I had uh, picked up magazines from the parking lots on Friday nights when the salesmen would throw them out on their way home, and uh, I became addicted at a young age, and I didn't think anybody knew about this, and Jesus knew, and it, I was just exposed by the words of this man from 2,000 years ago, mm. and so it hit me much harder than you, it might hit somebody else, and yeah, and. And all of a sudden, I looked at him and I said, well, if this is the definition of sin, then I am a sinner. And that was my first realization that I was a sinner because I'd said to him, I haven't robbed a bank. I haven't killed anyone. How could I be a sinner? Yeah. And so now I realized I was. And then um, I started meeting a lot of, of, of Christians that at the time that the common term used was, a, was born again Christians. Jimmy Carter was president. and mm. He had said that he was a born again Christian. And and uh, I started meeting really nice people, and I was I was impressed by them. Particularly impressed, they invite me to sit with them at, in the cafeteria. And I noticed that when they were laughing, they weren't laughing at anybody. Mm. They they were just enjoying one another. Yeah. And and uh, so there was much more wholesomeness in their laughter. And usually, if a group was laughing, they were laughing at somebody. And all of us have experienced that pain of having groups of people laugh at us. And it's never a pleasant feeling. And so, so I attended a Bible study taught by the navigators there on my college floor for a couple of months. And then I was all alone in my room. Now it was November 7th of 1977. And 
I got down on my knees and I'm not even sure what motivated me to do that because modern Judaism, you, you stand when you pray and in, in Christians that I had met were sitting when they were praying. And so, but anyway, I was down on my knees and I asked Jesus to forgive me and to come into my life. And, uh, and he did, he did that, that moment, as soon as I prayed that prayer, it was as if I started to feel this burden of sin lift from my shoulders. And then all of a sudden someone was in my room and my roommate was not there and, and the door was closed and someone was standing in my room and I, and I opened my eyes and, and I couldn't see anybody, but the presence of Jesus was so real that I just started weeping and it wasn't, I wasn't scared. I was just enjoying this presence and uh, of forgiveness and friendship and something that I had never known. Um, and I, I didn't know what to do. I, I didn't want to get up from that moment. And finally, you know, it was over and I, I didn't want to tell anybody. I mean, what's this Jewish kid from New York city going to say? Yeah. <laughs> and so he saw me on the floor, the, the young man that had shared with me, saw me on the floor a couple of weeks later. And he said, Jim, if you ask Jesus in your heart, I said, I think I have. Why do you ask? He says, you haven't stopped smiling for weeks. <laughs> And I knew that I was different. I mean, my whole attitude on life, I had had a lot of teen suicide thoughts, as many teens think about it. I never tried it, but, yeah. but things changed so much after that. And I, I, and I asked him, how can I remain with this closeness to God? I've never known this before. He said, he said he's talked to people who kind of drifted away and he's talked to people who, who remain very close to God. And and those who remain close to God were reading their Bible every day. And those who, who kind of drifted away, they, they confessed that they had not been reading their Bible every day when he asked them. And so I said, okay, I can do that. I can read my Bible every day. And so I started on a pattern of reading the scriptures shortly after that, reading the scriptures every day of my life. And I started in Genesis chapter one, and I would read my way through to, to, uh, Revelation chapter 22. And then when I was done, I start again. And so I've been doing that for 40 years. Wow. And, um, uh, and so I, I have this pattern of, of reading the scriptures in that way, but mm. it's very slow and pensive. I'm never in a hurry. I'm not trying to get through the Bible in a year. I, I will spend sometimes weeks in, in a few paragraphs, just, just until I feel saturated from that portion. And then That's I, amazing. then I go on. My, so, guest, uh, my yeah. guest today is Dr. Tor. Dr. Tor, I hate to interrupt you. We're coming up on a break here. But when we get back, we're going to continue to talk to Dr. Tor about how Christ has radically changed his life and uh, how his science works with his faith. We'll be right back. historic American beauty to your home today with genuine Amish furniture. It's built in the USA from solid cherry wood with a bourbon finish. Or choose alternative woods and finishes to accent your home's decor. You'll find it all at Tucker's Valley Furniture. For over 65 years, the Tucker family has served San Diego County. Still family owned. Cash and Carry and Tucker's Valley Furniture. Two stores, both right across the street at Maine and Mollison in El Cajon. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. 
Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. Hi, this is Kevin Conover. Will you please donate to Educate for Life so we can share the truth of God's word with kids in public schools? You can donate online at donate2efl.org. The Bible used to be read in public schools on a regular basis prior to the 1960s. But today, most kids are completely clueless when it comes to the content and the historical and scientific accuracy of the Bible. Please help us by donating online at donate2efl.org. How can you live in San Diego and miss out on enjoying the water? Fast Lane Kayaking sells popular Hobie Cat kayaks that you pedal, not paddle. That means your hands are left free for fishing and fun. Just throw these on your roof rack. They're light and they're easy to use and maintain. Just rinse them off. Try one free on a demo ride. For 36 years, Ron and Debbie Lane have served San Diego with fun, family-friendly water sports of all kinds. Learn more. FastLaneSailing.com. 619-222-0766. When you need tires or service, count on Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service in Oceanside for a full range of affordable options in all the brands you trust. See their great customer reviews and special offers online. Hours Tuesday through Friday, 730 to 530, and Saturdays, 730 to 5. Call Dan and his team at 760-439-1631. Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service, 2405 Oceanside Boulevard in Oceanside, 760-439-1631. I will cast my cares on you. You're the anchor of my hope, the only one who's Thanks for tuning in to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website is educateforlife.org. If you didn't pick up, uh, if you didn't tune in when we started the first segment, it's absolutely phenomenal. You can pick up a recording on my website at educateforlife.org. You can also check us out on YouTube and also on iTunes. We, uh, we podcast this all over the world, so we got all kinds of interesting shows up there. My guest today is Dr. James Tor, uh, one of the most uh, incredible scientists in the world who almost became a policeman who was uh, going was pursuing uh, the police academy uh, before he got into uh, science and he is was uh, selected as one of the most influential scientists in the world today by bestschools.org and um, Dr. Tor I before I interrupted you you were talking about how your your friend said that the way he's seen somebody stay close to the Lord was by staying in the word and do you think that this is a, an issue that Christians today uh, struggle with is, or don't understand is staying in the Word? Yeah, but it, 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 I mean, the Scriptures are filled with, with, with the admonition. I mean, Paul, uh, um, Moses told Joshua, this book of the laws shall not depart from your mouth, mm-hmm. but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that's written in it. And then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. It's, it says... It says something very similar in Psalm 1, Psalm 112, verse 1 and 2. The scriptures are filled with this sort of admonition. In in Deuteronomy chapter 32, the last things that that Moses are teaching is that that this this is not an idle word for us. It is our life. And 
the, the pattern in scriptures is rarely reading. It is like in Psalm 119, verse 97 through 100, it is meditating on the Word of God, and the scriptures put it in two ways. You meditate either daily or it'll say day and night. Mm. So it's very specific. It is every day of our lives. And the blessing, the promises that come are for daily meditation on the, on the scriptures. There is no promise that I've ever seen in the scriptures for, for, for meditating on the scriptures three days a week mm. or five days a week. It wow. is for every day. And That's so, amazing. Dr. Tor, what, ext- what's the difference between meditating on the Word of God and just reading the Word of God? So reading the Word of God is, is, is an academic exercise that you can just go through and you can just plow right through and you can get through the Bible in a year quite easily doing that. Mm. Meditation is that you, you, you pick up this passage and you say, Lord, speak to me through this. Speak to me. And then you start to read slowly. And, and sometimes you'll, you'll, you'll get through many paragraphs without anything particular jumping out. And then, and it, but you're, you're, you're thinking about what's happening here, what's happening, and, and you're saying, Lord, speak to me through this. And then all of a sudden you come on a passage and your eyes can't get past it. Mm. And the Lord just starts to show you new things. And you say, oh, I've never seen this before. Well, but Dr. Tor, Dr. Tor, I've been reading through Chronicles, and uh, the beginning of Chronicles is just all these people's names. And uh, so what do you say to somebody who says, man, how do I get through this and uh, get something out of it? Uh, do I just push through, or what, what do you say then? Well, so, so, so first of all, this sort of thing where you just see name after name after name yeah. is in a very small portion of the Bible, probably less than 3%. So okay. you're in this very small portion of the Bible where it has that. And yes, you can just push through, but the more you understand the Scriptures, the more your eyes will get stopped in those passages, and you'd say, oh, I remember this guy. I remember reading about him. And, and, uh, and then you will see, oh, I didn't know that was his father and that was his grandfather. Mm-hmm. And look at his child. I mean, th- you see the obedience and what happened to his children or the disobedience and what happened to his children. And you see the effects of this where God said that, that, uh, um, that, that these things will carry on from generation to generation. So there is life that can come out of it, but that that life gets more and more as you have a better foundation in the scripture. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Now, are you saying that, is this a supernatural blessing that comes from God where you're studying the scriptures and, and, you, and therefore you're, that obedience leads to a supernatural blessing? Or is this the blessing of, of understanding um, the scriptures and the principles taught there and, and they become more part of my life and so therefore I'm blessed in that regard? Both. Both, okay. So... So I'm learning and also God is honoring or, or is uh, lifting me up because I'm spending time in his word. Absolutely. And he promises to do that. In Psalm 112, it says, it, it says praise the Lord, how blessed is man, uh, it, it, praise the Lord. And then, it, then he talks about that this is what's going to happen if I delight in his word. And then ver- the, the next verse says, and his children will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. If I delight in the word of God, my children will be blessed on this earth. They will be mighty and they will be blessed on this earth. So, so the blessing is not just for us. It carries on to our children. The best thing that we can do for our children mm. is to meditate on the word of God, to love the word of God. Wow. That's a powerful message. And uh, is this kind of what you feel God has called you, or at least at this moment in time, has called you to 
uh, convey to the church, you know, to, to the, the pulpit he's given you is this, hey, we've got to get uh, back to meditating on God's word? Yeah, I, I, I tell people all the time. And when I teach the scriptures, I, I, I mean, people, I hope, hopefully will see something of passion in me that says in the scriptures that, that, that your word is like fire and like a hammer, which breaks the stone. The disciples on the road to Emmaus told, spoke about Jesus after he had appeared to them and then disappeared. He says, they said, were not our hearts burning within us when he was explaining the scriptures to us, when he was speaking to us along the way. Mm. This is what the scriptures will do. It will cause your heart to burn within you. And, and the message is there for everybody. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2, it says that, that they received the same message, but it was of no value to them because they did not combine it with faith. Mm. So there is a message here that we must combine with faith in order for it to have value in our lives. And I'll, I'll tell this to whoever will listen. Well, so, so here, this, this brings up a question. I mean, you're somewhat infamous uh, as a scientist with such incredible credentials. In, that, infamous? Well, infamous in the sense that you're skeptical of evolution. Um, oh, okay. okay. You, yeah, not infamous as in a bad guy or anything. <laughs> so, but you, but um, you, you've kind of developed a reputation as somebody who's, who questions evolution. You, I believe you had an offer at one time. Hey, anybody who's willing to talk to me and give me actual evidence that evolu- Darwinian evolution is true. Um, so some people are saying... Well, you've got to have faith, but you're such an evidence-based person because you, you work in the science fields. Um, you know, I have a lot of questions there. How does that all work together, and why are you so skeptical of uh, evolutionary theory? I'm not skeptical of evolutionary theory for anything to do with my faith. I'm skeptical of evolutionary theory based on the science that is there. So, so I have no trouble bifurcating those two. Okay. That... that, that uh, uh, just based on the science itself. So as a synthetic organic chemist, we work with molecules. We understand molecules. We understand what they do with one another. We understand when you put A together with B, we can just look at the molecular structures and generally know what's going to happen when we mix those two compounds together, which part of the molecule is going to get attacked by the other molecule, or if there will be any reaction at all. And so what happens is when you start looking at, at, let's, let's start at the beginning at the origin of life. Origin of life. Nobody knows how life originated. Nobody. And I'm talking origin of first life. You can speak about, about, you can say, well, 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 some space aliens come and planted it here. That has nothing to do with anything. We're not talking about it being planted. It had to start somewhere. Where did those space aliens come from and where did they get it? What is the origin of first life? Okay, so... We're coming up here on a break, okay. uh, Dr. Tor, but this is very interesting. And I've had several, I just had an atheist on the program last week, uh, or maybe the week before, uh, Dan Barker, and he told me, um, he, he said, you can't argue from ignorance simply because we don't know how life started doesn't mean that we can then assume God, uh, we have evidence now for God simply because we don't have evidence for uh, how life can naturalistically arise. I'm very curious. I, I, I agree with that. Yeah. So, so when we come back, um, my guest is Dr. James Tor. Uh, he is listed as one of the top 50 scientists in the world. He's a synthetic organic chemist. 
uh, with all kinds of incredible credentials. His website is jmtour.com. I highly encourage you to check it out because he has all kinds of stuff about science on there, but he also has stuff about his faith in God and his faith in Jesus Christ. When we come back, we're going to continue this discussion and uh, shed some light on these issues and his views regarding science and faith and how they go together. Before I bring my need, I will bring my heart. What do leading local restaurants have in common? They depend on Express Fix Coffee for new and used coffee and espresso machines, repairs, and affordable monthly service. Dave Martin and his local team provide water filtration services too. Call San Diego's best espresso repair company, serving your home and business. Learn more online at expressfixcoffee.com. Call Express Fix Coffee at 619-867-3853. 619-867-3853. Imagine restoring your health in a peaceful cabin in the forests of Julian, California. Milan Chessman knows the power of nutrition, detox, cleansing, and fasting. She is a 34-year pioneer, best-selling author, and nutritionist, and personally supervises and cares for you with a servant's heart. See testimonials and solutions for common health problems at a1fastingretreat.com, 619-562-5446. Hi, this is Kevin Conover. Will you please donate to Educate for Life so we can share the truth of God's Word with kids in public schools? You can donate online at donatetefl.org. The Bible used to be read in public schools on a regular basis prior to the 1960s. We want to reach kids in public schools by passing out 5,000 free videos on the scientific accuracy and foresight of the Bible. Please help us by donating online at donatetefl.org. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. In 1947, Gordon Tucker began serving San Diego County families. Today, the family tradition continues with two stores, Tucker's Valley Furniture and Cash and Carry, both right across the street in El Cajon at Maine and Mollison. Whether you want today's modern, eco-friendly furniture or authentic Amish furniture from solid cherry wood built in America, let the Tucker family serve your family. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. A proud sponsor of Educate for Life with Kevin Conover. I'm giving it Tuning in to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website is educateforlife.org. Please uh, visit my website. You can pick up a recording of this show, pass it on to your friends. You can also check us out on YouTube if you like to watch things as well as listen. You can watch me here in the studio. Dr. Tor is my guest today. He's not in studio with me. Um, he's actually, Dr. Tor, where, where do you live currently? In Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. Okay, so he's in Houston, Texas. And uh, how's the weather out there? Oh, it's about uh, 70 degrees right now. That's not too bad. Uh, yeah. we're, we're, we're pretty cold for San Diego right now and just got over a whole lot of rain. But um, Dr. Tor, when we left off last segment, you said that um, you said that uh, the problem, the biggest problem is uh, the origin of life. 
um, how do you deal with somebody who says, well, you're arguing for God's existence uh, or from an argument from ignorance, not from evidence? So, so I, I'm not proving God, okay. the origin of life. I'm just saying that, that we, we are clueless and all the models that have been put forth are wrong. They're clearly wrong. And as soon as you study the chemistry, we are clueless. That doesn't mean that we will never know. I can never say we will never know. Mm. I can just, all I can say is that right now we don't know. And it's going to be a long time before we ever know based on, 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 on the things that we have in hand. Can you now, give me you, some examples of theories that are wrong when you say what, what, what they've tried to come up with is wrong? What, what are you referring to? So every prebiotic theory, so in other words, where do the, you have to deal with four basic classes of compounds. You have to do, deal with nucleic acids, uh, proteins, carbohydrates, and lipids. Those four classes of molecules are the molecules you need for life as we know it. We have no understanding on how those formed. People have put things together in a laboratory at very high concentrations, and they say, hey, look, I got an, a certain amino acid. But that means absolutely nothing. Not only was it not chiral, but it came in a broad mixtures of many of them. And then amino acids don't hook together to form a protein without other enzymes. So it doesn't go together. So even just having the amino acids doesn't give you life, doesn't give you the assembly of life. Many people grossly misunderstood the results of an experiment in the 1950s by Miller-Urey. Yeah, Miller-Urey, yeah. And and, and, uh, that made a few different classes of, of amino acids, but it doesn't generate all the classes and doesn't even give you the chiralities that you need. What happens in an organic reaction is the impurities kill the reactions for the next steps. You can't just build up impurities upon impurities. And then even if you had it, even the challenge that I've put forth is say, I'll give you all the amino acids. You want the 20 amino acids? Fine. You want all the nucleic acids? Fine. I'll give you all the lipids and, and, and now put, put them together. And, and all the proteins, whatever you want, and now put it together into, into life. Nobody can do it. So even if you had all of them, but you're so far from having all of them. And I've, I've gone through this in a very lar- large article that I've written uh, uh, that, that, that's uh, uh, written on, on the origin of life that talks about this sort of thing in, in the journal Inference. But in, in any case, it just totally breaks down just using chemistry itself. So that's the origin of life. So, so Dr. Tor, how would you respond yeah. to somebody who says, yeah, 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 but if we have enough time and we have enough tries, anything's possible. How would you respond to somebody who says that? Okay, so I've, I've dealt with this over and over again. Yeah. Many times the products that form are the kinetic products. That means that they're the unstable products. They are not the thermodynamically most stable product. The thermodynamically most stable product is the product that is the junk, the byproduct that it goes to. So in other words, time is actually your enemy, mm. not your friend in all okay. of it. Because if you got what you wanted, it doesn't last very long. There are decomposition pathways that take over. So actually time works against you. Okay. So that's why, why chemists, when they're in the laboratory, they will make something. And they don't just leave it out on the bench for 20 years or 2 million years yeah. <laughs> to have something else happen. Yeah. No, they take it, they carefully store it, they keep it away from light, they keep it away from the atmosphere, and, and you say, well, there wasn't an ox- uh, oxygenated atmosphere formerly, now there's an oxygenated atmosphere. But... but uh, uh, Formerly, there was an ammonia atmosphere, which is even which is even more reactive than an oxygenated atmosphere, and so so uh, 
and, and you have to keep them in freezers to keep them stable, to keep them, to keep them right. So in other words, time actually works against you. Again, uh, I've written all about that. Yeah. Now, so jmtor.com, if you're listening and you want to check more into this. Um, so Dr. Tor, so somebody says, um, okay, you know, you know, this information you're giving is pretty uh, amazing and compelling, especially coming from somebody with uh, such expertise as yourself. Uh, is the, is the scientific community recognizing this and beginning to, um, gravitate, you know, towards God or are they moving away from abiogenesis? Uh, what's happening? Okay. So, so, so none of this was written to move people to to God. It was just to expose the fallacy of the origin of life proposals. Mm -hmm. That article that I wrote came out, uh, about eight months ago, nine months ago. I've not seen a single contest against it. Nobody has emailed me from the community, but I have had many people email me from the community and say, you know, you're right. I even just recently had a Nobel Prize winner, uh, uh, received the Nobel Prize in, in, in the, in the uh, uh, late 70s. And, and so he's seen a lot. And he says, you know, I read your article. He says, I think you were a bit strong in it and a bit hard on some folks. But he says, I have to agree with you. The wow. sophistry of, of, of origin of life ha- has long disturbed me. So it's getting a lot of agreement. But what happens is they will agree with me in private. They will not agree in public. And why is and, that? And, well, I, I, I think because, because they, they feel threatened just like, like, uh, like what has happened to me. I mean, people certainly come against me in the community for the things that I say. You even called me infamous because of things that you've picked up that have been said about me because I don't agree just strictly based on the science. It has yeah. nothing to do with my faith. Yeah. And many people don't want to have to go through that. Yeah. And, and uh, quite a while back, um, uh, they came out with that movie Expelled where they, they interviewed a bunch of scientists who said that they, they faced uh, discrimination because of their views on intelligent design and so forth. Um, you've experienced the same thing. Have you experienced that kind of pressure from Rice University or, or places or – not from Rice, not from the administration. The administration has actually been quite open. They feel it's a, it's a matter of, of uh, uh, freedom of speech, and they've been quite protective from the president's level. Mm. I have experienced it some from colleagues, but uh, with no specificity. So the attack will come without any specificity, because, because as soon as there's specifics, their arguments quickly deflate because I have looked at this and studied this. So I generally know it far better than my colleagues. Yeah. So that's very interesting. Now you're, you, you come from a Jewish background, you accepted Christ in college. Um, and, and now you're uh, very dedicated to the Lord and to the scriptures. And yet you are, so it's not just the origin of issue life. It's not, it's not that just that issue that uh, you don't, see evidence for, but it's also molecules to man evolution or Darwinian evolution that you're skeptical of too. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. I can qualify that a little bit because, because, you know, it depends on what we call Darwinian evolution. Even geneticists and biologists themselves are, are pulling away from Darwinian evolution because Darwinian evolution was, was talking about how random mutagenesis and natural selection account for the diversity of life. So they, they themselves have pulled back from that. What they're saying now, it is, it is this universal common descent and the natural changes that occur in one's DNA that causes over long stretches of time the diversity of life. Okay, very so the, interesting. The, the argument 
even they have pulled back from Darwinian evolution. I see what you're saying. Okay, so I, I want to get into this a little bit more, too, for our listeners, too, to, to, to get your views on this. We're coming up on a break here, but my guest today is Dr. James Tor, uh, synthetic organic chemist, a very, very well-credentialed. Uh, he's over at uh, Rice University, and we're talking about his faith and science and also uh, his views regarding uh, evolution. And again, we'll define that more clearly here. But um, we're going to be right back and continue this very interesting discussion. In 1947, Gordon Tucker began serving San Diego County families. Today, the family tradition continues with two stores, Tucker's Valley Furniture and Cash and Carry, both right across the street in El Cajon at Maine and Mollison. Whether you want today's modern, eco-friendly furniture or authentic Amish furniture from solid cherry wood built in America, let the Tucker family serve your family. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. A proud sponsor of Educate for Life with Kevin Conover. Hi, this is Jason. Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teachings. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. This is Throughout All Ages Ministry with Joe and Stacy. We would like to equip you to share the gospel with confidence in a biblical and effective way. We would like to teach you through the proclamation of the gospel. Whether you're the skeptic, God who created you said that he has made himself known to you so that you are without excuse. One-on-one evangelism. How do you think you can get to heaven? I've never really thought about it, but I've always thought of, you know, doing good. For more information, go to throughoutallages.com, like us on Facebook, or visit us at YouTube at Throughout All Ages. A lot is riding on your car's safety and performance. Count on Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service in Oceanside for a full range of affordable options. See their great customer reviews and special offers online. Call Dan and his team at 760-439-1631. Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service, 2405 Oceanside Boulevard. Honesty, integrity, and quality service. ASC, BBB, and NAPA certified. 760-439-1631. Do you have one-button espresso machines in your home or business? They make delicious coffee drinks, but they're not maintenance-free. Express Fix Coffee is San Diego's source for coffee and espresso machine repair, sales, and service. Call Dave Martin at Express Fix Coffee for new and used espresso espresso machines, repairs, parts, and accessories. They'll save you time and money. Call Express Fix Coffee at 619-867-3853. Learn more at expressfixcoffee.com. There's got to be more than going back and forth. Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. Uh, check us out on Facebook, YouTube, iTunes. Uh, we've got all kinds of great stuff up there, all kinds of interesting interviews. My guest today is Dr. James Tor, and we're talking about science and faith. We're talking about uh, evolution. We're talking about creation. We're talking about intelligent design. We're talking about the Bible and uh, very interesting stuff. Dr. Tor, you said that um, you are skeptical of evolution as it's defined today, what would be a simple uh, layman's 
uh, definition of evolution as it stands today? Uh, the theory of universal common descent, uh, that, that we hearken back to common ancestors with, with uh, uh, for example, for people it would be with other hominids that we, we hearken back to a common ancestor, and that the natural variations that occur from generation to generation. So that's what, that's what uh, evolution is, is talking about okay. today. Now, there's a, there's, um, there are uh, Christians, there's a movement in you know, Christianity today where there are people uh, endorsing evolution and saying evolution fits fine with the Bible, it's good to go. Uh, the Pope said that. Um, there's a group called Logos that uh, Francis Collins uh, initiated. Um, and yet you say, no, I, I reject that. Um, what, what's going on here? Why is there a difference of opinion regarding, for example, Francis Collins' view and um, your view? So, so I, I certainly see where they're coming from. If you look at universal common descent, there are lots and lots of indicators that look like, indeed, there is a common ancestor between us and other hominids, say mm-hmm. the chimpanzee. And I understand what they're saying. And I've talked with Francis Collins. I've talked with other people about this, and I'm quite open in discussing with them. And, I've, and, and, and uh, uh, I want to learn from them. But every time I ask them for a mechanism, what is the mechanism by which you get this change? So, so even if I were to give you there is life now, so, so we're not talking about the origin of life. How do you get the mechanism of change so that you get a change, say, in body plans? Everything we see, and they'll often quote to you the immune system. The immune system is made to change. It changes based on what it is confronted with, and it morphs and it changes, as it should. That's how we survive. To deal with different but, flu but, viruses and things right, like that. Yeah. Right, yeah. but you never, you never see the immune system becoming a digestive system. It remains an immune system. It doesn't change beyond an immune system. It doesn't become an auditory system. So now does, it, Fran- does Francis Collin believe that the mechanism is available to be able to do that sort of change? Yes, he says the mechanism is available, and I've asked him for the articles on the mechanisms, and what he has sent me is two papers which showed a bunch of fish heads. That means nothing to the chemist. You, when, you, when we say mechanism, we have to be able to show the chemistry at which you get changes. There is no model for the chemistry of changes. I, I, I had when a, you say a, chemistry of changes, what, 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 how, how is that? So are you talking about genes? What are you talking about exactly? Yeah, so, so if, if you want to change genes at the, at the genome level, you have to have something that is going to do this. So in other words, your, your genes are going to code for proteins that are going to do the assembly of the organisms. How do you get that change at the genomic level to do that sort of body plan change to change one group into another? All so of my, that is based on biochemistry. You have to show biochemical mechanisms, and it is not there. My daughter has cystic fibrosis, so she has you know, changes on the genomic level, her chromosomes and so forth. And so, so somebody says, hey, this is a mutation and this is not a good mutation, but there are mutations out there that are good that will fuel change in a positive direction over millions and millions of years. How do you respond to something like that? So how does that change occur? How, does, how do you know what you're going to when it's never been made before? And how do you show the mechanism by which that change occurs? So in other words, if you take something like cystic fibrosis, you can show that there were changes, there were mutations that occurred that did that. 
you can't show a mechanism for a change in body plans. Hmm. You don't see that. There is no mechanism there. And when I, you say I, a change yeah. in body plans, are you like talking about like adding wings or something? Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. yeah, adding wings or elongating legs and, 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 and this sort of thing. That is the, the level of change that we're talking about that you have to have happening all the time. When you talk about evolution of a complex system, yeah, we're talking we're talking about changes of a complex system in that degree, not tiny little changes, small changes like an immune system does. That we see it is demonstrated. That we see all the time. So I have no contest with that. And if you just look at universal common descent, and this is what I think happens: you take biologists, you take geneticists that do not deal on a molecular level. This is why I started out with you speaking about how chemists deal at a molecular level. They think at the molecular level that things happen. If you think at a global level and you fly over at thirty thousand feet like a biologist does, mm -hmm. then you can see all sorts of things. But it's when you get into the details, you you land in that city, you go in and you see the complexity within a city. You see, you see the piping system and, and, and the complex system. This doesn't happen on its own. Molecules don't do this, this type of thing. Biology is so utterly amazing. Yeah. But you can't now show me a mechanism by you. Not only can they not show the mechanism, they can't even propose a mechanism. They will not even show me a proposal. And I've asked them. They've sent me articles, articles, 70 articles. One guy sent me on the immune system. And I went through every one of them. I said, where is the molecular level change? Where is the change you're talking about where you can see evolution of a complex system where you see that gross level change that you're saying? I said, you don't even have to give me the mechanism. Just show me a proposal on how you think it might occur. Mm. That's not even there. Wow. So, so there's just a lot missing there. It has nothing, nothing to do with my faith. I'm not trying to prove God by this at all. It's nothing to do with my faith. I'm just looking at the science. Oh, that's interesting. That's what I was going to ask you is, oh, so would you say that your, your faith in the Bible, because it talks about, you know, uh, in the beginning God created and, and the six days of creation and all this stuff, um, but you're, you're arguing that this has, this, it's not your biblical faith informing your science. It's your science informing your views on origins and these sorts of things. Absolutely. Wow. That's, now, that's, it, yeah. I mean, I'm certainly a Bible believer, but I'm able to segregate that yeah. and to say, look, I can't bring that into my chemistry classroom. I am just going to use the science itself. And I think the science itself craters what people call science. Now, have you, have you. As you've explored this more and more, do you feel that your science is lining up with what you read in the Bible? Uh, you know, for example, historically and these sorts of things, um, are you finding uh, things disjointed or are you finding that they're, they're all together? So, um, you know, what, what I read in the Bible, what I read in the Genesis account mm -hmm. is that God being the supernatural being that he is, spoke these things into existence. And there was this pattern where he got to more and more complex creatures so that on the sixth day of creation, he, he finally gets to the, the, the formation of a human being. Mm -hmm. that, is a, that is a very global level. I deal in science at a molecular level. I, I don't have any construct for that in my Bible. And so f for me... I certainly am a person of faith and I believe the scriptures, but it's not, it, 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 it's, it, if somebody could present to me a model, 
for evolution and show me that you can get evolution of a complex system and you had the chemistry, you had the mechanism behind this, I would concur. And I would say, okay, I have misunderstood, you, you, you know, I, maybe I've been misunderstanding the allegory behind the book of Genesis, mm-hmm. but it won't upset my faith one bit. I mean, there's many things that I misinterpret. You know, the Bible says something, and then, then, I, um, then I, all of a sudden I understand that in the Hebrew it really says this and this yeah. and this. Okay, well, I had a misinterpretation. Then my life is filled with misinterpretations. Yep. Ask my yeah. wife. I yeah. mean, I, I don't understand her <laughs> exactly, all the time. Exactly. But, but, my, my, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Dr. Tor, I'm going to interrupt you here. My guest is Dr. Tor. We have a break. We have one more segment left. left. Stay with us. Um, Dr. Tor is uh, obviously extremely passionate about science and also the Word of God and And uh, this is a a great conversation. Stay with us. We'll be right back. For 36 years, Fastlane Kayaking has helped people like you experience everything that's great about San Diego. Fastlane makes fishing and water sports fun and easy. Hobie Cat kayaks feature a popular pedal system, not paddles, keeping your hands free as you fish. You no longer need to tow and gas up a boat to experience great San Diego fishing. Call or come in for your no-charge demo ride, 619-222-0766, fastlanesailing.com. At Dana Landing Marina across from SeaWorld, 619-222-0766. Imagine restoring your health in a peaceful, quiet cabin in the forest. Every 56 seconds, an American learns they have cancer. Every 67 seconds, someone gets an Alzheimer's diagnosis. Local nutritionist and author Milan Chessman knows the power of nutrition, detox, cleansing, and fasting. Discover A1 Fasting Retreat, nestled in the woods in Julian. See testimonials and solutions for common health problems at a1fastingretreat.com, 619-562-5446. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. In 1947, Gordon Tucker began serving San Diego County families. Today, the family tradition continues with two stores, Tucker's Valley Furniture and Cash and Carry, both right across the street in El Cajon at Maine and Mollison. Whether you want today's modern, eco-friendly furniture or authentic Amish furniture from solid cherry wood built in America, let the Tucker family serve your family. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. A proud sponsor of Educate for Life with Kevin Conover. Hi, I'm Marissa Conover, and I would love to help you buy or sell your home. I've worked as a realtor for more than 13 years, and as a San Diego native, my passion and experience will help make your move as peaceful as can be. Call me at 619-251-1577. That's 619-251-1577. Or visit conoverhomes.com. I will the 
Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website is educateforlife.org. And we've got one last segment here with Dr. Tor. He's my guest. And uh, if you haven't been listening in or if you're just tuning in, he is a synthetic organic chemist. He has a Bachelor of Science degree in chemistry from Syracuse University, a PhD in synthetic organic and organometallic chemistry from Purdue University. His website is jmtor.com, and he has been selected as one of the most influential scientists in the world today uh, by bestschools.org and uh, also Scientists of the Year in 2013 by R&D Magazine. And uh, he is a Bible-believing Christian and uh, grew up in New York, uh, Jewish. And uh, Dr. Tor, how did your parents respond to your decision to, to accept Christ as Savior? Well, when I first became a believer, it, it hurt them, but we were quite secular Jews, so it wasn't like they had a funeral for me or they sat Shiva or they turned around the mirrors, which certainly happens to some Jews. Mm-hmm. But, but um, uh, uh, they thought it was a fad and that I'd, I'd pass through it. But my, my mother, um, you know, she was really concerned about me, so I asked her to read the scriptures and and uh, I asked her to go ahead and, and uh, uh, read the New Testament. And she read the New Testament, and I asked her what she thought. She said, well, I, I don't blame them for killing Jesus after the things that he said. I said who, she said, who is he to, to tell these Jewish leaders that have devoted their lives and to call them whitewashed tombs and blind guides leading the blind? And, and uh, you know, when you think about it, that's actually what you should say. If you don't, if you don't accept him as Lord, it was really quite radical. Then I asked her to read the Old Testament, and most Jews are like most Baptists. They've never read their own scriptures, and so she, <laughs> she, read, she, read the, uh, she read the entire Old Testament, and she, was, you, you know, she then understood the picture of God and how merciful God had been and how much God had warned the Jewish people certain things would happen, and it happened just like God warned them. And then several years went by, and she started reading the New Testament again. And while she was reading the New Testament she, she, and reading a, 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 the case for Christ, uh, she got saved at wow. the age of 70. Huh. And so this is what I tell people. It's very difficult to read the New Testament twice and not get saved. Uh, <laughs> if you haven't great. gotten saved on the first passage through, usually on the second passage through, you're going to get saved. That book can stand on its own and draw people to the Lord. But So she got saved at the age of 70. And my father is still unsaved. He's 88 today, and, uh, um, and I continue to share with him. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, um, that, that's pretty amazing. Now, do you have brothers and sisters? I do. I have a brother and a sister, neither of, 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 of whom is saved. Mm. And uh, so, so what's next for you as far as, you know, what you're doing and everything? How is God leading you? You said you pray for God's will, uh, you know, all the time. Uh, where, what do you see the future looking like? Okay. So, so, you know, I'm just one little man in one nanometer sized portion of the earth. Mm. And so he's given me a place to shine in and I want to shine in this place. Uh, he's given me as a career, um, I'm a research scientist and I pray all the time for creativity, Mm. creativity in my work, understanding, and to, to have uh, uh, good advances. So I pray for this all the time. The other thing that I, I 
I pray for is, is I pray for an understanding of the scriptures when I'm reading them so that I'll be able to teach them and instruct others that I'd be passionate and excited enough that young people would see my passion and to say, I want to be like that. I want to know the Bible like he knows it and be drawn into the scriptures because I know if a young person takes hold of the word of God and makes it their daily meditation, their lives will be okay. Even if they die tomorrow, if they, if they get cancer, whatever comes, they will get through this. They will, they will, they will succeed in life, whether they live or die, whatever's there. If they're meditating on the scriptures, it will help their lives. It will bless their families. It will bring up generations of children after them that will be blessed. It will cause their marriages to stay together in this day and age when, when marriages are so under attack mm-hmm. that if they will get in the scriptures, they don't need me anymore. Once they're in the scriptures, they'll be fine. This is what I want to reflect to them. So, so this is what I'm driving toward. That's a powerful message. Now, do you think that, um, you know, with science and everything, do you think we're going to come to a conclusion about evolution? Do you think that there's going to be some point at which, you know, you're going to have a, a turning or is there a turning taking place or is that not happening? I mean, because we have all these scientists coming out like yourself and others. There's that website, descentfromdarwin.org, and you've got people like Michael Behe and others who are all saying this is ridiculous and impossible. And Doug Axe came out with a book just saying it's, you know, the, the, the numbers statistically, it's just ridiculous. Do you think that there's going to be any kind of a turning in the scientific community? Or do you think this is just going to be a battle that's just going to be ongoing? Well, I hear the people that you're citing and the people that are contrary to, to all this thinking that, that, that the evolutionists are going to, are going to cave in the next decade or two. I don't think so. I think that they they're becoming more entrenched. But what we're finding are more and more problems. So in other words, if you take the genome, the 1.5% of the genome that people look at, 1.5% of the DNA, that's it that they look at yeah. to show the correlations between us and other hominids, between us and the chimpanzees. If you look at that 1.5%, there are just so many portions of overlap. But now they're finding in what formerly was called junk DNA, no longer call that, it's called the intergenic DNA, the, the other 98.5%. And they're seeing made large portions of differences in those portions. And that's, that's being done not through a Christian program, but a project called Project ENCODE. Project ENCODE. And where they're looking at these different portions and there are gross differences between human beings and other hominids. And then there's also something called the orphan genes. These are genes that are specific to certain organisms and they're finding more and more of those. Now they're finding thousands of them that are unique to certain species. And the significance there is that this, if they're unique, it means they haven't evolved. Is that what you're saying? Yes, that that it's not showing a path of common descendancy. Mm. That's what I can say. It's not showing a path of common descendancy. And so what they try to do is is somehow uh, downplay the the effect of these orphan genes or of the things being recognized by ENCODE. But what's happening now is so many of these are being found, you can't ignore them anymore. And so this this 98.5% of the DNA is showing the gross differences. And then there's the other things we just absolutely don't understand is if you look at a hominid brain, if you look at, 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 at uh, uh, monkeys type brains versus human brains, that, that 
that, uh, that from a gross level, that they are very much the same. From when we look at them chemically, they look the same. But we are so different in what human beings can do with symbolism, which is mathematics, which is music, things that we do in extrapolation and communication. We're so much different, and we can't even define what it is, what are the differences anatomically and chemically between our brains and their brains that have done this. I've even had a geneticist who's, who's, who's all for universal common descent to say, yeah, well, if there was an injection from God, it happened between, <laughs> between you know, that step from other hominids to humans, because if you look at our brains, we're just so much different in the way we act, but, it's, but there's something but, but there's so many other similarities to it. So there's a lot there we don't understand. But I don't see, I don't see the evolutionists waving the white flag anytime soon. <laughs> well, Dr. Tor, this has been a fantastic conversation. I just want to thank you so much for coming on the air today. Okay, thank you. You know, uh, if you're listening and you want to check out more about what he has to say and, and a lot of his wisdom, jmtor.com is his website. Uh, please, uh, you know, check us out. Like I said before, there's also a movie coming out uh, uh, February 23rd. Del Tackett, the guy that produced the uh, or helped produce the Truth Project, is coming out about a movie on uh, the history of Genesis. And uh, they're looking at geology and other science to see if what's recorded in Genesis is actual history or if it's just uh, allegory and um, something to make a point. So check that out, too. That's February 23rd. And uh, I hope you have a fantastic Saturday. God bless you. Put your heart and your trust in Jesus Christ and his word. You will not be let down. Have a good day. Did you miss part of today's program? Don't worry. We're committed to helping you get the info you need. Okay, that was dumb. But for real, visit EducateForLife.com for podcasts and video recordings of the show and to sign up for the School of Unshakable Faith. Leave us your comments, compliments, questions, or concerns at 800-243-9719 or email KevCon at EducateForLife.com. That's K-E-V-C-O-N at EducateForLife.com. You will always be much more to me. Every day I wrestle with the voices that keep telling me I'm not right. But that's all.